Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. <laughs> hey, it is the Reaching for Real Life podcast. Bear Wiley here with Pastor Sean Azaro. Dude, where you been? What do you mean, where have I been? I have been on the wall for you, Bear. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Speaking of on the wall, here in the uh, Real Life studios... Uh, nice banner behind us. Thank why, you very why, much. Thank you. That's for when we do Zoom calls and when we ultimately get this to be like a YouTube real? podcast. Yeah. So, you know, one more, one more big time. But yeah, the team here put together a nice Reaching for Real Life banner so that when we are on things like that, there's a nice backdrop. So thanks to Joel uh, Orman and our whole yeah. facilities team and George Barber and the guys who came together, Joanna Shaw, who did that. We're very grateful. But you've been on a little sabbatical here, Pastor Sean. Yeah. It, okay. People have been calling. They call it a sabbatical. It, yeah. It's it's a study break. It's vacation and study ah. break. Historically, I've done every June. For the last couple of years, because of COVID and things, I changed that a bit. But I'm back at it. Uh, I take four weeks out of the pulpit. I mm-hmm. take four weeks. I don't go into the office for regular stuff. I mean, I'm, if there's important stuff, I'll, I'm there. But, you know, Lori and I do a little vacation, and we did that. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. But then I spend a couple of weeks just prayer, reflection, kind of looking ahead. The thing that people sometimes understand, sometimes don't, preaching each week a new message to the same kind of growing, mm-hmm. yes, and changing group of people, but a lot of the same people is a, is a different kind of challenge. Right. Because, you know, keeping that, keeping the word fresh, you know, uh, they know all your stories, they know all your illustrations and how, how you're presenting. Uh, you just, it, it's a challenge. You, you know, you, you work hard at that. Right. And so not having to do that for a few weeks is a, just a, an opportunity to go, okay, where, where are we going, Lord? What are you saying? And just to listen and rest a little bit in the vacation part right, right. and then apply myself to some different things on the study part. So that's what it is. Well, you're finishing the month off strong because besides it being Fourth of July weekend and all the good stuff that happens in our country, and we'll talk about what's going on in our country here in just a minute. But if I remember correctly, isn't uh, some sort of summer camp happening in the Azaro campus? Well, it's actually not, this one's not on the uh, on the Azaro what? campus. We we call it River the City. Oh, oh, we call it River City. Okay, we, the, the elders really frown uh, on the Azaro campus. I'm not thing. talking about the church camp. I'm talking about the. Uh, oh the no 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 the... no! This week we have our real life kids camp. Oh, uh, that's what you know. We talked about that. I'm heading out there right after we we're done recording. It's a camp that we do in a community nearby uh, called the Glen, and it's a community that's been fairly under resourced in the past. But we've got a great team of people who do a camp for the kids. Uh, what I'm talking about. You're talking about Yaya Pops. That's what I'm talking that about. That is on the Azaro campus. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. No, that's real. That's uh, <laughs> that's $1,000 a kid, right? <laughs> no, it should be, though. It should be. Uh, no, that's the camp we do every year for our grandkids. It's exhausting, but it's amazing. And that's next week, so we'll have fun with that. All right. Well, like I said, Pastor Sean, we've got a lot to get to. And again, God bless America. Happy Fourth of July weekend. And uh, history was made this past uh, month here. In a matter of a course of, I guess, 10 days, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court made a couple yeah. of big decisions. We know what the obvious one is. Yeah. And then one more recent, Roe versus Wade. Yep. Where do you want to start, Pastor Sean? Wow. 
Okay, what happened was the case is Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Clinic or Health Organization. That's an abortion provider in the state of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And they sued the state because the state had a 15-week limit. They had tried to restrict abortions after 15 weeks, and that was their their restriction. And the Women's Health Clinic sued, and those court cases went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and they lost. It Mm -hmm. gave the Supreme Court... Very different Supreme Court than previous years. The opportunity to revisit Roe v. Wade uh, and also Casey versus Planned Parenthood, two cases that kind of held up abortion as a constitutional right, as at least that's the way those courts had stated it. Mm. And so it overturned that. And so now abortion law has gone back to the states where, of course, most you know serious lawyers and things, I, I, I honestly believe – to try to say there's a constitutional right for abortion when abortion is not mentioned. And they say, well, what about right to privacy? Privacy is not even mentioned. That's true. It's one of these things that it really was a pretty radical interpretation for a very specific act. You even stop and think about the right to privacy. Okay, um, you don't have a right to privacy in your home. I can't have a meth lab in my home. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right? exactly. But if they if the state gets wind of it, they can get a warrant and they can come in and they can, mm-hmm. you know, obviously sure arrest. Can. They can confiscate. They can do whatever. And so this idea is just a really kind of thin legal idea in many people's minds. Well, now it has actually been overturned. Mm. And so that now is no longer there is no federal protection for abortion that is pushed back to the states where people can vote on it where legislators can vote on it, and they can really duke that out in the place where I think those things should be. Yeah, and 50 years of that of, of under that law there, too. Yeah. And, and why 50 years of the whole generation yeah. uh, that we're talking about, too? And then it happens, you know, frankly, under this administration where uh, the side that's for it controls all three branches, right. but it's the Supreme Court. Right. Well, they don't control that branch anymore. Correct. They right. have in the past. Yes. Um, you know, and that's interesting. When you stop and think about that 50 years— one of the things that we're all obviously just cringing over is the the vitriol and the rage and the anger that's being poured out. Stop and think about it. When you take a right that's not actually stated, mm-hmm. enumerated in the Constitution, and you give people a right, and it's theirs for 50 years. Many people grow up under, I have a right to this. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not studying the Constitution. They're not reading. They just know, I have a right to get an abortion. And then all of a sudden you're taking a right away. That's why you don't handle it that way. That's why if you if you want to make a right in the Constitution, you have to do what's called a constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. And that's done through the democratic process. Mm-hmm. And so if there is supposed to be a right, we have to put it in there correctly. A ruling, which, by the way, you know, we're reading the opinion. That's an interesting word because Roe v. Wade was an opinion. True. Wow. You know, Casey was an opinion. What Justice Alito wrote on behalf of the court is an opinion. That's what court does. They don't make laws. They give opinions on the constitutionality of laws. And so the opinion was that this is, there's this right under Roe for abortion. Well, now you've had to pull a right away. And people don't like having a right. I don't care where they are. Having a right taken away. What you're seeing on the news, what you're reading on websites and newspapers, that's this conflict and the struggle that's happening in people's minds right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the question is, okay, asking people, well, okay, so how do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on who you ask. For people who believe life begins at conception, 
people who believe that every life is a unique gift from God made in his image Mm -hmm. and who believe that murder is wrong, that killing an innocent life is wrong. People who believe this is good news. Mm -hmm. They are celebrating this. They're not celebrating the angst that other people are having. They're not celebrating the hardship that some people might have with an unwanted pregnancy. They're celebrating that in this way, states are now able to say, yes, murder is wrong. Killing an innocent life is illegal. And now those children who are in the womb are considered an innocent life again. At least, again, and again, in our system, it's left to the states. And that doesn't mean every state's going to come up with the right decision, mm. you know, but that's how the system works. And I feel like this is our system working the way it should. Mm, good call. Uh, Pastor Sean, uh, as you mentioned, you know, we're hearing it from the media, mostly from the pro-abortion side. Uh, one of their talking points is that women are going to die because of this flip. Yeah. What do you do with that? Well, I, I've, I've, I've gotten responses from different people. One of the things that, Okay, I, what the media says, uh-huh. I, I'm with Ron DeSantis. What, mm. His statement to the media, what he, which was, was just so, I think, astute and a, kind of a healthy response. Yeah, we know you have an agenda. You know, we, we know you misrepresent to support that agenda, so nobody's listening to you anymore. Mm. That was a very hard but real truth. Mm-hmm. Because of the media's unfairness, you know, all you're hearing from on so many media outlets is people who are enraged by this, mm-hmm. not the people who are overjoyed, mm-hmm. not the people who go, oh my gosh, I was going to have an abortion, but I wasn't able to, and now I have my child, and I'm so grateful mm-hmm. that I didn't have that abortion. You're not hearing from any of those, right? okay? So when you start talking about women are going to die, what the heck are you talking about? Yeah. One, every state, even the most conservative state you can think of, they all give exception for the life of a woman or the life of a mom, okay, to save the life of a mom. So an abortion is allowable anywhere in the United States mm-hmm. to save the life of a mom. True. Different states from there are differing in how they look like they're going to proceed. Mm. But um, so, you know, and I guess what they're saying is, oh, now they're going to go get back alley abortions and it's women are going to die. And I'm like, okay, th- that's so logically flawed when you think about it, mm-hmm. okay? If you're going to do something high risk, you might die. <laughs> so true. don't. Right. Right? Don't do that. Mm. I'm hearing objections, and one of the things I want to just I want to address in our podcast today a few of those things, and again, it's for the benefit of our listeners to be able to say, well, okay, what kind of responses do we have yeah. to some of these objections? My biggest concern, okay, the world's going to be the world, and I don't expect people who don't believe in God or don't believe in Jesus, don't believe the Word of God, I don't expect them to respond biblically. I'm not angry with them for that. I'm not. I'm going to oppose that with the legal means that I have here in the United States, mm-hmm. voting, you know, communicating however I can, but I, I'm, I expect that. But it's the Christian people. Mm. I'm listening and watching. Christian people are very confused right now. And man, that's the, that's the problem of the church. Mm. That's the problem of us, if we pastors. If we're not clearly communicating what the Word of God says about life, what the Word of God says about us being in God's image, if we're not doing that, then that's our problem, Mm. right? If church people are kind of just always trying to accommodate the culture and think that the most godly thing I can do is accommodate the culture, that's a problem. You know, the church historically has always gone against the grain of culture. Mm -hmm. As well, we should. We're following a different leader. We're we're filled with a different spirit. I want to just address some of these things that I've heard even from people of faith, people who profess to be people of faith. 
you know, one of the ones is women are going to die. And again, it's like, well, then don't get an illegal abortion. I mean, that's fairly easy. And uh, honestly, to be honest with you, in, in the United States, it appears like we're going to have some states where it's very legal and a person who's committed to doing that can go to that state and get that procedure. Mm. Um, most states, all states are going to give an exception for to save the life of the mother. Most will probably end up with some type of accommodation of, uh, of incest and rape, which again, you know very early. If it, even, if a, even if a state had a very early cutoff point. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know when rape and incest has happened. Mm-hmm. So what we're talking about is, is w- into the pregnancies where we won't be able to see these children mm-hmm. aborted right. and killed. So, uh, you know, the, one of the things that I've heard people say, well, what about children who are born into poverty or, or difficult, hard situations? Wouldn't it be better for them to be aborted before they enter into that? And again, when you stop and think about that, it, it's like, wait a minute, that would be true if you also think we should kill the children who are already alive in those yeah. situations. You know, stop and think about that. The, the whole idea of, well, the answer is to kill the child if it's going to be born into a tough situation. Well, why don't we do something, all of us, not just pro-lifers, but pro-choicers who claim to have a compassion. How about we do something for those children? How about we do something for poverty? How about we do something for people who don't have enough to eat? We do something for people whose, whose marriages are broken and they end up, kids are in these tough situations and uh, you stop and think about all the Amber Alerts we get. Right. The vast majority of those situations mm-hmm. are where an unmarried couple, whether it's because of divorce or because of just not being married, the other parent is taking that child, the one who doesn't have yeah. custody. And so why don't we actually address some of these issues that are destroying families? Mm-hmm. And let's make the kids who are yet to be born make their prospects better, as well as the ones who are already born. Right. Another thing that, that I've heard multiple times, we can't force our beliefs on other people. Have you heard that one? We don't, as cr- don't jam your Bible down my, <laughs> our throat, I hear. hear. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. And that's, that's the premise. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Don't force your beliefs on other people. Well, I'm sorry, but that's what laws do. Right. <laughs> all, all of them. Yeah. Okay, you know, I believe it's wrong to steal. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm going to take your, you know, car. Yeah. All right. No, the law forces the beliefs that we as a culture have that it's wrong to steal. This isn't simply a religious belief. Mm-hmm. And this is what people need to understand. The fact that we are pro-life is not only for people who are Bible-believing followers of Jesus. It's already illegal to kill an innocent person. Correct. I think the burden of proof lies with the abortion advocates to show conclusively why an unborn child is not deserving of the same protection that a born child is. Mm-hmm. And to your point, as you say, different blood type, different gender. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Okay. That, but the whole point is this idea of forcing our beliefs. No, murder, we all, we all believe it should be illegal to kill innocent people. The burden of proof lies... To prove, prove to me why that child who's in the womb isn't an innocent person. Right. And why they should be able to be killed arbitrarily. Mm. And to the point you were getting to, the, the question, some people say, well, a woman should be free to do what she wants with her own body. And as you pointed out, yeah, it's not her body. We, we know now through science, we know mm-hmm. that, man, DNA, we have DNA, we have 3D sonograms. That's a new person's body. That's another person's body. You know, and, and when you stop and think about that, this is what happens when we start to play God. And this is a spiritual thing. God designed us so that sex would be a means of procreation. Mm-hmm. And here's the deal. Other than maybe young kids who are just stupid, you know, and they just are too young and they just, 
you know, they're old enough to be able to father or have a child, but they're not old enough to understand the, the implications. The rest of us do. Mm-hmm. We know, you know, what causes pregnancy. Yes. <laughs> and so God designed us so that sex would be a vehicle of procreation. And the woman is uniquely equipped to carry this new life, and that is a gift. Mm-hmm. And some women go, well, I don't want that gift. Well, here's the deal. You're free not to have sex. No, I'm not. No, really, you are. Yeah. We don't have to have sex if we don't want to have oh, children. Be, be more responsible, maybe? Yeah, well, all of us. And, you know, and again, women will say, this isn't fair. This isn't fair because the men don't have to. And, hey, I'll tell you, on that surface level, that seems unfair. I think it's wrong for the guy, <laughs> and I believe it's wrong for the woman. But what I'm telling you is this is the way God designed it, and we're trying to play God. You're free not to have sex, but once you do, pregnancy is a very possible, even likely outcome. And it is arrogant, I believe, to shake your fist at the creator because you don't like his design. And that's really what we're doing. I don't like that when we have sex, the woman has to carry the child. Well, I'm sorry. You know why? You know why you don't like that? Because what we've done previously is we've made marriage disposable. Mm. See, it was never supposed to be the woman going through this alone, ever. Right. It was supposed to be she and her husband. He's supporting her. He's helping her. He's encouraging her. He's taking care of her and their children. And they do this together. Mm-hmm. And children are supposed to be raised with godly parents who are an example of godly masculinity and godly femininity. That's supposed to be what happens. Well, we said marriage is optional. Marriage, we can make it up as we go. Well, this is what happens. But here's the deal. There is a creator. He has a design. So to, to kind of arrogantly say, well, I don't like the design, and I'm, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do to fix that, to equalize things, I'm going to kill the child. Wow. And I know that sounds harsh, mm-hmm. but it, it, honestly, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's what's actually happening, um, and that's just, that's just hard. Pastor Sean, now's the chance, though, too, for the church to step up. Yeah. What should the church do? What should we as believers now do? I think one of the first things that people in the church need to do before we even start talking about care, because there are a lot of things we can do for care, and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to be able to articulate what we believe about this and why. Why do we think this is so important? Because the Bible talks about the importance of life. You know, we've quoted before Psalm 139, 13 through 16, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Listen to this. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Yeah. The idea of the creator, seeing that child, I understand the feelings about rape and incest, and I understand how emotional and hard that must be. And I understand a lot of states are going to give exceptions for rape and incest, and I understand that. But when you really believe that God is at work and he's molding that, and that is an individual now, because that's the beginning of the individual. Before that, it's a sperm and an egg. And those, that, the DNA in that sperm and egg is from their donors. <laughs> right. But once they are united, something new happens. A new life has begun. And so when you understand that and you envision God working and having a plan for that child and, ha- and having his hand on that child, it changes the way you think about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, you kind of step back and go, oh, wow, that, 
child, even, even for the mother who has the child in her body, this child, I'm carrying this. God gave me this child, but it doesn't belong to me. You know, we practice baby dedication. That's what we're doing, right? right. <laughs> baby dedication is saying, God, I recognize this child is ultimately yours. Mm-hmm. And thank you for giving them to us, but we dedicate them back to you and we dedicate ourselves to raising them for you. Yes. That's the principle. Biblically, Exodus twenty thirteen: you shall not murder. That we completely understand. You know, Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And you understand that. Psalm 127, three through five, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Mm. I mean, when you understand, this isn't a tissue. This isn't, this isn't just a part of a woman's body. Mm. It's not just a contribution from a man and from a woman. This is something that God is doing. Mm. And that changes you. Genesis 127, what are we told? So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That's where I think those 3D sonograms are so amazing. You know, just to be able to see and see that little child made in the image of God. It changes you. So I think we as Christians need to understand why, what the scripture teaches, but why we believe that child is a life. And you go, well, the Bible says so. And well, to an unbeliever, well, I don't believe your Bible. Okay, but let's do a DNA sample and let's look at a 3D sonogram. And let's watch that piece of tissue choose on its own to suck its thumb. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the part that people get squeamish. Well, we don't want it. That's that's morbid. Not if that's a piece of tissue. It's not. Right. Nobody cares about a liver. Right. <laughs> uh, do a sonogram of a liver. And nobody <laughs> mind if it needs to come out. Take it out. <laughs> right. But it's like the three D sonogram is a window, and you see, you actually see what's there. I see grandma's nose. <laughs> exactly. You can see the way the shape of their face. Oh my gosh, they look look like aunt so and so. And so that's that's a game changer, Baron. Mm-hmm. Y- your question was. Okay, now how do we respond? Mm-hmm. We had Dave McCall, a pregnancy Correct. care center on here. They do an amazing work mm-hmm. uh, as far as supporting. And so I, I think one thing the church needs to do is we need to, we need to just say, okay, we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus because that's what we do, mm-hmm. right? We're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're going to speak the truth in love, the truth of Jesus in love. Okay, we're going to do that. But the whole point is we are going to... Our goal is not to win a fight, mm-hmm. a political fight. So if that's where you find yourself, all right, I, I would say you need, to, you need to step back and talk to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Say, Jesus, how would you have me mm-hmm. proceed? How would you have me respond? I've said before, if you're in a place where you can't yet speak the truth in love, you're not ready to speak. Yeah. And I mean in real love. Love means I care more about that person than about my opinion. Good. And so... I think we start there, but then we go, okay, roll up our sleeves. How are we going to be the church to take care of people who come into our orbit, come into our circles, and they've got an unwanted pregnancy? Yeah. How can we support them? How can we help with, with supplies? How can we help with just emotional support? How can we help with housing? After the baby's born, how can we help with childcare? How can we help with work opportunities? There's all kinds of things. And by the way, so many churches I know have been doing those things for years, mm-hmm. ours included. We've been doing those things, and that's what the church should do. That's how we come along and support. You know, I think churches can, can take a big step forward in adoption. You know, adoption is just a wonderful thing. There are so many p- couples who want to adopt. It is a very expensive prospect on so many levels. How can we help change that? How can it become more simplified? 
got all these babies that aren't being born now, hopefully are going to be born and have the life that God created them for. How can we as the body of Christ say, we're going to make it easier for families to take one of these children and raise them and, you know, to change that child's life. Right. Make that sacrifice that the mother makes. Because I don't care if you had plans on an abortion, man. When that baby's born and you hold that baby, that adoption is not easy. That's a sacrifice. That is a, for a young woman who's not ready, who's not prepared, unmarried, or, or whatever the situation is, and she can't, she knows, I can't do the best for this child. Or for whatever reason, I'm not prepared. Um, to let that child be adopted is a sacrifice. And it's a powerful, mature decision. So how can we help make that easier? There's all kinds of ways that we can actually come along and help. You know, I, one of the things that River City does a lot, we have our Christian assistance ministry, our feeding ministry. We feed thousands of people a month. We have our ministry. I'm going out there in just a little bit here to the Glen, serving this community. So how can we take some of these kids who are already in bad situations and the ones who are going to be born in hard situations, how can we minister to them? How can we serve their family? How can we help with those who are under-resourced? How can we help with food supplies? What can we do about clothing, school opportunities? All those things. That's what the church does. That's our our groove, man. Mm -hmm. That's the body of Christ. And so that's how the church responds. And yes, there are people who all they care about is the... there, There are people who are just going to scream no matter what because all they care about is... I want to have sex without any consequence, and abortion is my quickest way to do that. And no matter what we do, they're going to misrepresent us. Yeah, water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. Th- don't worry about that. Mm. Don't worry about what the media says. Don't worry about, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay? But to the people who are on the ground in our community who are really struggling and looking for answers, that's where we punch the clock. Yeah. <laughs> okay, game on. We're in. Right. And it's time for us to go to work. Amen. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to be a part of this team that uh, that is the hands and feet, I, I'm, you're seeing it as he, Sean's saying, he's on their way to go do it right now. You can be a part of this church uh, very easily. Just go to reallife.org and find yep. out. Are you preaching this Sunday, uh, Sean? I am. I'm back. You're back. I'm back. <laughs> be there. Uh, two services. <laughs> yes. 930, 1130. 1130. Yeah, I'll, I'll address a little bit about this. I think, I, okay, don't hold me to this. Okay. All right. I think... Not this Sunday. I'm going to be wrapping up the, the series that we've been in Faith Talks. But the, next week, I'm, I'm going to try to, to talk about this more extensively oh, at River City so you can come and e- even talk about some of the, the responses that we can make. All right. Well, Pastor Sean, thank you for what you're doing. Welcome back. Hey, great to be back. Thanks, Baron. Appreciate it. Hey, yeah, if you're listening here, please rate us, review us, and uh, help us out. And uh, we're very, very grateful that you spent the time. And I just pray the Lord leads you as you follow him. 